Praise the Lord, Cornerstone. Why don't we all stand, quickly find our seats. And as you're standing, why don't you clap your hands into the Lord. Come on, let's welcome him into this place. This is the day, this day that the Lord has made. Are we going to rejoice? Come on, let's be glad in it this morning. Hallelujah, let's worship him. Lift up your voice to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Come on, let's sing with the praise team this morning. Thank you. 
ask a thing. Some praise, are you not ashamed? Hallelujah, 
Come on, worship him this morning. Hallelujah. Give him some glory. Give him praise. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God into salvation. together one more time hallelujah we praise you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah are you proud to be a Christian come on are you thankful to be a Christian hallelujah It is good to be in the house of the Lord with my brothers and sisters on this Sunday morning. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I'm here with Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, on behalf of our staff, especially our pastor, Brother Mayo, and our first lady, Sister Mayo, we just want to welcome you all to Cornerstone today. You're at the right place at the right time. Hallelujah. I believe God wants to touch someone today. I believe God wants to save someone today. Hallelujah. How many need a touch of God today? All right. Hallelujah. You're at the right place to receive a touch from God. I'm looking forward to what the Lord has in the service today, but we, we just want to welcome you here. I know it's the 4th of July week. We are missing some, but... For those that are missing, I see a lot of you guests that are here taking their place, and we're really happy about that. Let's give our guests a warm welcome today. And as always, we just want to take a few moments. We're just going to take a little pause right here, and we're going to greet one another. So find someone that you don't know, okay? And, and shake their hand, introduce yourself.
Why don't you just lift up your hands right now to offer them up? Praise, hallelujah, we praise you, Jesus. God, we lift our hands to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated just for a few moments. I'd like our ushers to come. While I'm giving announcements, we're going to prepare to receive an offering. Well, I hope you met and shook hands with someone that you didn't know because we got many guests here today. Once again, we're so glad that you're here. And I hope you, you got to meet a very special guest. That's a guest of Brother Logan Sargent. That's a special friend named Carissa. I hope you met Carissa today. Amen. Amen. We're glad that she's here along with everybody. Um, if you are a first-time guest here, you're in for a special treat because after the service, after the preaching and the altar call and the move of God, we like to gather in the coffee shop and hang out and just talk. And if you're a first-time guest, uh, you get a free drink on Cornerstone, latte, Italian, so whatever you want to drink. You just get it for free today, so make sure that you stop on by the coffee shop. You should have received a guest card, and that's your ticket for a free coffee. So just fill that guest card out and turn it into them. They know what to do with it, and they'll give you a free drink. Amen, Cornerstone? That's how we do it around here. Amen. Let's not forget our daily morning prayer here. It's Monday through Saturday. The church is open from 5.30 in the morning until about 9 o'clock. So please come on by and stop for a season of prayer as you start your day. Also, we'll be having service Tuesday night, our midweek service, 7 o'clock for prayer, 7.30 for our service. And then Wednesday night, we gather back together as a church family and have prayer at 7 o'clock. And that's open for, for anybody. So if you're a guest here today and you'd like to come spend time, a season of prayer with us, please come on out. That's for you too. So 7 o'clock. Everybody say 7 o'clock. Amen. I think I hit everything. Let's all stand right now. We're going to give an opportunity to give unto the Lord. He's given so much to me. He's given so much to you. How many can testify to that? Has God been good to you? Amen. God is so faithful to us. I want to be faithful to Him. Let us bow our heads. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy, God. We ask that you would bless today, bless the remaining of the service. We ask that you bless this offering as it goes back to your kingdom to win souls back to you, God. We pray this in the name of Jesus. And the church say amen. amen. All right, let's worship the Lord one more time as we give today.
the scripture says in the book of Psalms, oh, magnify the Lord with me. How do you magnify a God that is already omnipresent, omniscient, omnisapient, ubiquitous? How do you magnify a God like that? When we come together, our expression of spirit and body. We didn't reserve it for a ball game. I didn't reserve this for Hollywood. I kept this in store for this service today. Come on, let's praise him one more time. That has to be a personal revelation to the people. To realize that your body, your soul, and your spirit was designed by God, was made by God for His purpose and for His glory. Amen. It's great to see everybody in the house of the Lord. I know we've already greeted everybody. Man, I haven't had a chance to hardly shake any of your hands, but uh, we're just delighted that all of you have chosen to be in service with us uh, this morning in Jesus' name. If you'd just be seated for a few minutes, I need, I need somebody to grab Brother Rodriguez, our head usher, Brother Rodriguez. It's good to see some return guests. Good to see you in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Rodriguez, would you just come right up here, please? As, as many of you know, Brother Rodriguez is our, is our head usher. But uh, he has proven that he's really a lot more than that. And um, a few days ago, after praying in the sanctuary, I went to look at your new office. And his new office is in our storage area. That speaks a lot to me. He gave up one office. He gave up another office. And something in his spirit would not be denied. Because he takes his ministry so, the highest levels, He said, my ushers are going to have an office. And so they took an area next to the paint, next to the props, cleared it out, and said, this is going to be ours. Brother Rodriguez, I am so impressed 
with that, and I am so impressed with you that I wanted to take this occasion to give you something for your new office. word that I can come up with was not awesome because that's reserved for God. You may be seated. Awesome is not a new pair of shoes because of a blue light special at Nordstrom's Rack. It's not a secret 50 bucks that you get in the mail. Awesome is reserved for God. But I'll tell you what this does. This is excellence. This is an award of excellence in consistency, commitment, and service. Romero Rodriguez. God, you stand with me for the reading of the word of the Lord. I also want to say it's good to have his brother Tino with us here, all the way from India. You know, I would say something about people that have to live in California. Um, but there's many of them here don't want to offend anybody. But see, I can say that I was born there. I was raised there. I about lost my life a bunch of times there. I got saved there. But I got delivered. But I don't want to say anything about that because we have some Californians here. We're delighted that all of you are here. And uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 15 Luke chapter number 15. If you got your Bible, say amen. If you don't have it, but know that you should have it, say amen. You need to know that this pastor is preaching, number one, out of the Bible. Number two, it's truth. Not everybody that has a Bible is preaching truth. It has to have context. Text without context is where we get into trouble. This is a familiar story, and I'm just going to read one verse of Scripture in verse number 17. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. 
the six greatest words in the Bible. And when he came to himself, let's pray. Let's pray. Nobody like Jesus, the master of reality. Talk to hearts. Flip on a light. Give a moment. In some cases in this room today, it will be but a moment of sanity. You may be seated. The six greatest words in the Bible. And why do you say that, Pastor? Because I've been there. And everybody behind that wall agrees with me. One of the most infamous defense strategies in the entire kaleidoscope of the lexicon of legal definitions, approaches, and stratagems is the strategy of temporary insanity. Temporary insanity it's not complicated to understand. It takes the plea of not guilty by reason of temporary insanity. It is where a legal defense argues that a defendant was insane during the commission of a crime but later regained sanity after the crime was committed. If I could boil that down into a soundbite, it, it would be, I wasn't in my right mind. I didn't know what I was doing. It's not even the defense that some people use that the devil told me to do it, which is becoming more frequent through interrogation. They're finding that voices are now governing the actions of people. But this is one in which an individual, either through rage, bitterness, or the heat of lust, commits some crime, and then somewhere in a jail cell, Regain sanity. And so my prayer is for the next 45 minutes 
that somebody under the sound of my voice can have a moment of sanity in an insane world. Now, if you think that our world is sane and thinking correctly, I would beg to differ with that without getting over political and politicizing things that are running rampant in our world. Let's just say that people are not using common sense. They are not reflecting on God. They're not even anymore being students of history. We're trying to rewrite history and then reward people through reparations that somehow history abused them. It's a world filled with insanity. But it's interesting. The six greatest words in the Bible, and when he came to himself, he is at the lowest point in his life. In fact, if we could point this up just to get a little bit of context here in verse number 14, it said, and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a city of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. He is at the lowest point in his life. We need to understand, just for the sake, I didn't want to read this entire text, even though it is known as the most famous story in the Bible. It's the most widely known story in the Bible, the story of the prodigal son. But there are three different movements in this story. There is uh, a movement that includes, every one of these movements includes a mentality, a perspective a point of view, an opinion. And the first movement is he is at home in the father's house. He gets, he gets worn out and wearied by the rules and regulations of being a son of a great and vast landowner and a man of great authority and position. He tires of the responsibilities of being a son. He's tired of having to live up to uh, being an example that he knows in his heart that he is not. And so he comes to the father and he says, give me everything that's mine. It wasn't the inheritance because he was not the eldest son, but it was no doubt wages that were stored up until that day while he was under the tutelage of tutors and governors that he said, I want to take what's mine and I'm out of here. The father doesn't resist him. The father doesn't reason with him. The father doesn't try to talk him out of it because there is a greater lesson at hand. That is one mentality. And then, you know how the story unfolds. He goes into a far country. That word, that, that is an idiom. That means that that is a description of a reality or a situation that goes far beyond the vernacular that is being used. In this case, that is a great distance in spirit, emotion, rule understanding from the father's house. And he wastes all with riotous living with harlots. 
He's running with people that would never fit in his father's house. He's now rubbing shoulders with people that are totally in opposition to the wisdom that built the house that he was from. And he wastes it all on riotous living. And now that all his resources are gone, he is all alone and he is empty. He goes to a farmer that lives in the land and he asks for a job. And he is feeding pigs in a pigsty. He is at the lowest place in his life. But you have to understand that that is what it takes for some people, most people, almost everybody. It takes the low points in a person's life before they recognize what they had. Oh, I wish that we would just clap our hands and thank God that we are so privileged to be living in the 21st century in the United States of America. I say love it or leave it. We are so blessed to be sitting in a sanctuary filled with the power of God's presence. You could be going through the worst trial of your, of your existence, but ladies and gentlemen, you are in a great environment. You are in a wonderful place. Oh, let's praise God. here, it is environmental conditions. It is the condition of a wearied soul that has been carrying the condemnation of sin and guilt and personal shame, of not living up to what he knows was put into him in a completely another environment. friendless, he stinks, he's dirty. The entirety of the Old Testament reveals that swine are unclean animals, which is why it is a dietary uh, prohibition against the Jews to consume swine, being an unclean animal. And so he's among the unclean and the filthy. And he finally comes to himself. Within these walls and beyond these walls, my prayer is for every backslider. And I don't say that with any resentment or hatred or bitterness. But somewhere you have got to come to yourself. If you come to yourself, you are blessed. If you come to yourself, you are spiritual. If you come to your you can live in denial as long as you want to. You can run with the devil as long as you want to. But if you come to yourself, you are blessed. Clap your hands and give God the praise. I want everybody to stand right now and lift your hands and pray for every backslider in this city, every backslider in this state, every backslider in this nation. Just lift your voice with me.
Because I'm going to tell you, it takes somebody at home praying for the light to come on. It ain't going to happen without somebody praying. Thank you, and God bless you. You may be seated. Why does it take the pit, a jail cell, hell on earth, why does it take hell to magnify heaven? Why does it take your low spots to finally recognize the high road? Why does it take your past to get you to review your present? Without extrapolating too much and getting too enmeshed in this story, none of these boys, neither one of these boys really knew who they were. This boy wanted to come back as a servant, and the oldest son that never left the ranch didn't even know who he was. Because the first word of explanation that his father did when he refused to come into the party celebration, he said with a capital S. And that's notable, according to textual criticism, that's notable that the S of the word son is capitalized. He said, son! A reiteration of his identity. And now the value. Everything I have is yours. If you're apostolic and you don't know who you are and you don't know what you've got, it's time to come to yourself. When you have an identity crisis that you have to get it from the world and somebody's got to say that's cool and somebody's got to say that's neat, you are blind. You are in denial. You are in the pig pen. You need to get it hotter. It needs to get uglier so that we can come to ourselves. We can get a revelation. We can get an understanding and we can find hope. You're just going to continue to go down until you come to yourself. I'm not wishing that. I'm not wanting that. I'm not praying for that. I'm praying you come to yourself, but I'm not praying that you get hurt. I don't want to see anybody get hurt. But ladies and gentlemen, if momentary pain will spare you from hell, then it's worth it. If momentary suffering will spare you from an eternity of regret, saying, God, give me another chance. I wasn't made for this. I'm not supposed to be here. You can sit there all you want. You're not going to keep an apostolic preacher from preaching the will of God. We're living in a culture that don't believe in hell anymore. They believe in heaven, but they don't believe in hell. They don't believe in the existence of devils. They don't believe in the existence of evil. Let me tell you, the word of God is right, and every man a liar. The six greatest words in the Bible, and he came to himself. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Come on, let's give God some praise. Let this place resonate with praise. Honey, if you can think correctly, you are one of the most blessed people among 7 billion people. 
the greatest tragedies I know is for you to be living for God in false doctrines and end up being lost that you thought you were right. But that's not the worst. The worst is to have the truth and for eternity recognize that I was never designed for this. Human beings were never designed for the second death. That was created for Lucifer and all of his angels. The first mentality, you got an attitude. And when you get an attitude, you cannot come to yourself. When you get bitter, you cannot come to yourself. When you get resentful and angry and you're looking at everybody else and their flaws and failures, you are not in your right mind. But when you say, God, look at this right here, you have just been delivered. I'm not going to accuse good people. You look at this right here. I'm the one that needs help. I'm the one that needs deliverance. I'm the we need. I'm trying to help some people here today. You're not in your right mind. You're not thinking correctly. We want to blame the remapping of the brain on 21st century technology. The remapping of the brain has been taking precedent ever since the, the early 1900s. When the suffragettes wanted to cut their hair and started to wear men's apparel, and they wanted equal rights, and that has followed all the way to the 21st century, where now we're giving equal rights to everything and everybody, and I believe in equal rights. But when it's perverted, and when it's unnatural, and it's against the Word of God, you are not in your right mind. You can sit there if you want to, but I'm here to lift up truth higher than anything. It's the only thing above his name is the word of God. Where is he? Where is he? There will be people walk out of this today. They walked in here. They're not in their right mind. They will leave this building not in their right mind. There are people that come to this church week in and week out that have not yet come to themselves. And it's because of this human, this human situation called denial. Denial is part of the fallen man where we just don't want to deal with stuff. I just, I just don't want to deal with having to, to, to do all that stuff today. I just don't want to have to deal with being transparent and finally coming clean and being honest about a secret life that is absolutely galling my soul. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to have to deal with it. I don't want to have to face these people. Honey, I want to tell you what, when the light flips on, you don't care what anybody thinks. You don't care what everybody's saying. You ain't even going to be looking at other people. You will be looking unto Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of your faith. tell you something. It is a real joy to fall to find real people. There shouldn't be any phony people in Pentecost because we got the truth. 
And I'm not accusing anybody just talking about things that I've seen and I feel. I wasn't raising this. I was a rocker, drug addict, alcoholic. God called me out of that into this. And so there is a premium among real, real people. How about real, real, real people? How about real, 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 real people? I think I'll stop right there. Let's say we're weary you. But real people go a long ways in the kingdom of God. They're not afraid to apologize. They're not afraid to say, sorry, I made a mistake. They're not afraid to get in this altar and get on their face. They're not afraid to shed tears. They're not, they don't care what everybody's going to say. They don't care what anybody's going to think. There's only one they got to please. There's only one they have to serve. There's only one they need to confess to. There's only one they need to recite to. There's only one they need to pray to. Clap your hands and give him praise. Six greatest words in the Bible. It was a mentality that convinced him to leave home, not sell his birthright, but just leave the environment. That brought him to the place where the light flipped on. And then there was a mentality when he got back home. You that are just coming back need to hear the man of God. Because you're going to have to deal with all those memories. That you gained out in that world. That your father never intended to be in your program. devil is going to use that to try to pull you back out and you've got to say I'm in my right mind and I'm keeping it I'm going to be at every prayer meeting I'm going to be at every revival I'm going to fast I'm going to pray I'm going to say you ain't getting this from me it's too precious you can't have this I'm not letting go of it somebody clap your hand and Come on, somebody praise him right now. Let's lift our hands and give him part of the glory. God put this message in my spirit last night. For somebody! The truth of the matter is that when you are not in your right mind, there are other forces at work. Now, you can just say, I'm busy, I can't get away from my job, or I've got this, i got that, i got this. You ain't thinking right. See, I listen to people's excuses all the time, and I'm already, I'm already reading that. I don't need Braille. I'm reading that. I can feel that. I can sense that. You ain't thinking right. And until you're thinking right, ain't nothing going to happen. 
You can blame the preacher. You can blame the church. You can blame your mom and dad. You can blame your neighbors. You can blame anybody you want. That's all denial. You're ditching the real reason. The real reason is the light's not flipped on. You've not seen yourself. You've not seen where you are. You've not seen where you're headed. You oh, my God, this is preaching. Some of you ought to be thanking God in the back. This is old-time preaching. This is preaching that will keep you from making mistakes. This is preaching that will pull you out of the pit. This is preaching that will keep you from hell. This is preaching that will deliver you from the world. This is preaching that will bring you out of darkness. This is preaching that will set you free. This is preaching that will keep you free. If you ever get your right mind, you better do whatever it takes to keep it. Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, the apostle identifies what the real issue is. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Next verse. In whom the God of this world, talking about the devil, anytime you see God with a small g, especially in this context, it is talking about Lucifer, the adversary, Satan, the devil, has blinded the mind. You think it's just you. That's how we can sit there with such ease and such comfort as we have lived with this for so long. And because Lucifer is an eternal entity, he has all the time in your life to displace a thought here and displace a thought here and get you to go in this direction and get you to start doing this and get you to do this. And slowly but sure, it's the same calculation is the frog in the kettle as the water slowly goes to boil over many many minutes the frog boils in the water not recognizing that the temperature has incrementally gone up and we've adjusted and we can no longer escape man we've been having revivals in this Loretta I, I came up to this pulpit to give a Bible study on exploded in the song service. It exploded up at the camp out. All of you need to come next year. It's going to be over 4th of July weekend. We're going to have a blast. I thank God for all of that. But I'm going to tell you, the reason we've got that is because we're not afraid to rear back and just follow the Holy Ghost and say, there's somebody. We're coming to you with a, with a box of matches today. We're coming to you to flip a light on. We're, going to, we're, we're coming to bring in a light, and the darkness cannot comprehend it. The darkness cannot put it out. The darkness cannot overwhelm it. The darkness cannot eclipse it. Believe not. That's how it happens. The devil gets involved, begins to draw the shade in our mind ever so slowly to where we're the ones that are crazy now. Because we're actually coming to church every time the doors are open. We actually make an effort to come to early morning prayer. We actually make an effort 
to follow the word of God. We actually live our lives in such a way to please God. We actually, we actually modify our behavior and modify our thoughts and modify our direction. Because the light's been flipped on. It takes God to help you come to yourself. takes the involvement and the interaction of God for you to come to yourself. It is not a human prerogative. You cannot do it anytime you want to. It takes environmental conditions to get so severe, so contradictory and contrary to what we know is true, to how we were raised, to the environment I was raised in. That it brings a human being to their lowest common denominator. How do I know that? Go to the scripture in Luke 8. This is a story in which this is the most demonically possessed man in the history of the Word of God. He had 12 legions of devils. That's 144,000. 12,000 per legion. He had 12 legions of devils. He became entertainment to Gadara. I actually was privileged to be in the Holy Land several years ago, Sea of Galilee. And across the sea was Gadara, just, just a little spot of a village, a hamlet, just a little place there. But this wild man offered entertainment to the people in Gadara because they'd hear him scream and cut himself in the night as he was cutting himself. That's a big rage among young people is to cut yourselves. You don't really want to jump off a bridge but you're going to listen to the devil and pick up a razor blade and start cutting yourself. I'm going to tell you, God will deliver you today. God will knock that devil out of you so far. If you need deliverance, you're in the right house. If you need a demon cast out, you're in the right house. We're not afraid of the powers of darkness. We're not going to be arrogant about it. We're not going to handle it. But in the name of Jesus, every devil's got to leave. I wish, I'm going to tell you, if, if, if the Lord delays his coming, you're going to see hundreds of people coming out of denominations, coming to a church like this, where they're saying, we don't even believe that happens like that. We don't even believe it can happen that way. We've never seen anything like that. God's going to say, we are going to put on a demonstration that's going to blow this world. We got to get this world in their right mind. We can't let the devil have them. We can't let the world have it. We can't let entertainment have it. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph.
You may be seated. A man that had 144,000 devils. He ran to Jesus. The human will that wants to be free. Don't tell me they're sitting on a bar stool today and ain't their fault. You want to get free? There ain't no devil in hell that can keep you from reaching. My God. I'm going to preach right here. There is no devil in hell that can keep you in a pew. There is no devil in hell that can keep you from God. There is no spirit. If you want to be free, he ran to Jesus. Shout with a voice of triumph. Shame on you for blaming your mom and dad. Shame on you for blaming your friends. Shame on you for blaming the environment. Shame on you for blaming anybody in this world. Run to Jesus. A jail cell can't hold you. Parole can't hold you. No human program can hold you. No 12,000 legions can hold you. You want to be free? Nobody can stop you from being free. Clap your hands and raise your voice one more time. My God, I'm feeling it right now. Somebody, instead of shaking your shackles, shaking your chain, nobody can keep you from deliverance. I rebuke your shallow excuses. I rebuke your immature denial. I rebuke adolescence. I rebuke immaturity. Well, Pastor, you just don't understand. I'm in a pig pen. Run to Jesus. Don't run to the world. Run to Jesus. Don't run to a television set. Run to the Bible. Don't run to a football stadium. Run to the Holy Ghost. You ain't going to, that attitude ain't going to stop me. That's just, that's just the devil asking to be hit. The devil you walked in here today is a target for this preacher. I want you to walk out with joy. I want you to walk out with a smile. I want you to walk out with happiness. I want you to walk out with purpose. I want you to walk out with Jesus. I want you to walk out in the Holy Ghost. You go ahead and run, sis. In the face of every lying devil, you take a lap.
Even if you're bound, you can run the aisles. But say, I'm running to Jesus. I'm running to Jesus. I, I, I still got chains. I still got problems. But I'm running to Jesus. People in that community lost their entertainment. They lost the audio and the visual. They weren't hearing his cries from the tomb. What must it have been like to hear 12,000 spirits tormenting a man? And the Bible said he would cry in the night. People would be sitting there passing their popcorn. Ah, that's just a wild man in a far country. But when their entertainment center got shut down, when their big screen got unplugged, when their entertainment was put to naught, they said, we got to investigate this. What happened? We no longer hear the calls echoing through tombstones. We no longer hear the cries of one that's in torment from the spirit world. And the Bible said, and they found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, fully clothed, and in his right mind. My God, somebody needs a shout. You are never going to get in your right mind without God. You are never going to get in your right mind. You're not going to understand modesty. You're not going to understand deliverance. You're not going to understand holiness. You're not going to... You may be seated. Well, we'll just go to another church that has an addiction recovery class. They have a 12-step recovery program for people. Like, Honey, there ain't an addict in this building that did more drugs than I did. And I'm not bragging to impress you. I'm trying to tell you I didn't need AA, NA, SA, any of the A's. What I needed was an old-fashioned altar. What I needed was water baptism. What I needed was the infilling of the almighty God. What I needed was reality. What I needed was to come into my right mind. Devil, you're not going to make me crazy. Devil, you're not going to make me possessed. Devil. Somebody go ahead and shout with a voice of freedom. Go ahead, Zach. Go ahead, Brother Pyatt. Take another one. In the face of every devil, you ain't got me no more. You ain't got me no more. You ain't lying to me no more. I'm in my right mind. If you can't praise him, it's because you're not free. If you can't, you're not liberated. You're not in your right mind. You ain't thinking right. You don't understand what I'm saying. You're sitting here today looking at filthy pictures and internet pornography, and no, it's no wonder you're not free, you're not liberated, you're not free to worship God. I'm here, I cast out that spirit by the authority. Shut the social, get rid of Instagram and get free. Get rid of Facebook and get free.
You may be seated. Lord, I got to preach another in another church in about an hour and a half. But honey, I ain't lightening up at all. God saves me to do this. I'm not saved so I can have a nice retirement, work on my golf score, and just live out in the bay for six months out of the year. I'm here to give everything, squeeze everything out of my life to destroy the works of the devil. He saved me to use me. He saved me to help you. Shout with a voice of triumph. Devil, you're losing this battle today. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke your fears. I rebuke your lies. I rebuke your influence. I rebuke the darkness. Come on, somebody praise him. You may be seated. The third mentality, my friend, that's come back home is you have to learn to stay home. The discipline of the third mentality, it's not, ah, this is all rules, it's a bunch of baloney. It's not, oh my God, I'm at the bottom of my life. How did I get here? I've talked to saints through the years. They say, Pastor, I don't know, how did I do it? How did I commit that act of adultery? How did I ever turn that computer on? How did I ever, I don't know what was going on with me. I don't know, what was I thinking? When you're not in your right mind, it's a real short distance between that pew. And you'd be heading in an eternal direction. That you were never designed for. Oh, that's not going to happen to me. That's part of our problem. We got so much pride we can't see our original condition. God resists the proud. If we say, God, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm not going to stand up and say everything today, but God, I need you today, right now, right here, right now. images of the harlots and those images of the party and those images of the pig pen and the images of the unclean. And he had to prayer meeting after prayer meeting, casting down imagination and bringing in the renewing of his mind. There's no time to start but now. Or you won't stay home. You'll be lured because you're not in your right mind. Before we are ever lured into actions, there are many bridges of principles that have to be crossed without any pang of conscience or any conviction. Sound of my voice that have been caught. 
this noise from the housetop. That is not God trying to hurt you. That's God's last attempt to save you. When that which was done in secret is now proclaimed from rooftops. That's not God trying to shame you. That's not God trying to harm you. That's God's last attempt to get you to come to yourself. The wild man of Gadara is sitting at the feet of Jesus in his right mind. Cannot do this when you want to do it. congregation, this audience, and I've told many people across this country, and I prayed for God long before he showed up. My advice to you, if you're under the sound of my voice, don't waste another day. You have to start crying out somewhere, that wild man of Gadara, probably in his torment, an inner agony somewhere. He must have said, if there's a God, people could care less if I'm delivered. My family's all gone. I'm out here all by myself. Help me. Help me. Ladies and gentlemen, God will answer the prayer, help me, when I can't help myself. It is the first step towards our failure. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Calling on his name. on a stained linoleum floor between the, the toilet and the bathtub. Sacramento, California, and got down on my hands and knees weeping profusely all the years of bitterness. The other person on the other side of the door was knocking on the door because I said I was going to kill myself. I was going to hang myself. And death by hanging is in vogue in the 21st century. Pounding on the door. But there was a man with white hair on that stained linoleum floor that was praying a prayer that went something like this. If there's a God, please help me. I was not in my right mind. I was insane to do that to myself. Romans chapter 2 and verse number 4, please.
despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Uh, he, he, would, he wouldn't repent in the back room of his house. He, he wouldn't repent on his way with pockets full of money into a far country. He, he wasn't going to repent while the party was on. He wasn't, he wasn't going to repent while there was a kegger in the middle of a room and, and everybody's dancing around. No, 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 no. That's not, that's, no, 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 no. You don't repent when you want to. You repent when God lets you to. Well, pastor, what am I going to do today? You see, forgiveness and repentance is not one and the same. Forgiveness is immediate. It's instantaneous. You can ask God to forgive you, and he is just and righteous to forgive us. But repentance, repentance is not just the recollection of what you've done. The the, when, you are, when you are given the opportunity to repent, you see where you are. I was never made for a pig pen. I was never made. My father's house has marble floors. My father's house has a, a table full of food. My father's house, I'm a somebody. I'm in a pig pen. Repentance is where you change. Repentance is where you say, I'm not going that way anymore. Repentance is where you say, I'm not looking at that anymore. I'm not turning the computer on anymore. I will not go there anymore. I will not do that anymore. I will repent. I will be baptized in the name of Jesus, and I will receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It is the goodness of God, Brother Norman, that lets a human being come to themselves. Or the denial just sits there. People are in denial. There's people in denial in this building today. I'm not against you. I love you. I'm glad you're here. I don't want you going anywhere else. You're in the right place. But you're just, you're just not in the pit yet. You're just not at that low spot yet. You're just not at that place where you finally are, are willing to, to allow God to talk to you and say, hey, I was never made for this. I was never designed for this. I'm not built for this. I don't belong here. I don't belong with addicts. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. I don't belong in a recovery unit. I belong in an altar. I don't belong in a hospital. I belong in the prayer room. Clap your hands and give God the praise. It is the goodness of God. The six greatest words. In the Bible. I just pray that some people wake up out of their slumber. The book of Ephesians chapter number 5 tells us that we ought to awake the righteous. There was a man in the Bible that said, and when men slept, their enemy moved. And when he woke up, there was a field full of terrors. When you finally wake up, when you finally get honest, when you finally come out of your denial, you don't have to look for it. But that's a far better place than missing the rapture and missing the will of God and missing an opportunity to be saved. 
and missing an opportunity to be with Jesus for the rest. I, 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 there, there are people that are dying. I, there's somebody calculated these numbers. It's just, it's just there, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of people dying every day, and there's hundreds of thousands of pe- people being born every day. And of those people, the hundreds of thousands of people, uh, the scales is just, are just incrementally uh, tipping to each side just, 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 just so much and just so far. But I wonder how many of those people live their entire life without being in their right mind. Let's stand. Let's lift our hands. We can no longer plead insanity, ladies and gentlemen. Truth is in the house. We can no longer say this is just my little problem. The deliverer is here. Come on, let's lift our hands all over this building and let's pray. Musicians, please come. God sent me to this pulpit today to reach for many. This altar is open. Jesus, I've got to come to my right mind. I can't live like this. I'm I'm, I'm about to lose what semblance of my mind. I can feel darkness taking over. I can feel the claws of the enemy digging in in deeper and deeper with every time I sin. Bring somebody by the hand and say, you're safe here. Let's get delivered here. I'm praying that God, who is the light of every man that enters the world, would begin to illuminate in somebody's mind. Go past your self-justification. Go past your denial. Go past the repressive abilities of the human conscience to not deal with it, to not face it, to not have to confront it. Come on, let's pray. This is a defining moment for somebody. Come on, devils can't stop the wild man. Legions can't stop the human will and the human spirit if you really want to be free. But you got to run to Jesus. You got to run to Jesus. The Holy Ghost is here.
devil, you're not holding me back. You're not keeping me back any longer. I'm going to walk in the light. I'm going to live in the light. I will